You are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 27. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Hi there. This episode is a special episode because the Wool Academy podcast is being taken over by Planet Wool, a podcast by the International Wool Textile Organization. We thought to do something a bit special this week because as this episode is launching, the wool industry is gathered up in Harrogate in Yorkshire in England to attend the 86th IWTO Congress. That means three full days of excellent wool industry speakers and networking opportunities. Wool Academy is of course also attending the event to secure some more amazing interviews for you and maybe even doing some live interviews on the spot. Let's see next week if that actually worked out. So because of this special occasion of the Congress going on, we thought it would be nice to give you a taste of the Congress. And in the year before, the Congress took place in Sydney, Australia, and all presentations from that event were recorded and published as the Planet Wool podcast. In today's episode, we will play you one of the presentations. The speaker is Craig Vanderhoff. He's the Senior Director, Global Running Apparel and Customization at Adidas. Craig talks about growing the next generation of wool in sports and he particularly talks about how to communicate to the younger generations called Gen Y and Gen Z and how retail brands and wool industry can work together to deliver innovative products to these younger consumers. Of course, you cannot see the slides of the presentation that he delivered back then, but Craig speaks in such an entertaining and engaging way that I think you will still enjoy it and learn a lot from it. If you want to listen to some other presentations from the Congress in 2016, then I encourage you to check out the Planet Wool podcast and you will find it at SoundCloud. So just go over to SoundCloud and then search for Planet Wool and there will be 28 great episodes waiting for you on all sorts of topics such as wool, market trends, sustainability, consumer trends, education and retail. But now enjoy the presentation of Craig Vanderhoff from Adidas. Gosh, I, I better not screw up now, huh? Um, a little, just a heads up, the laser light show, um, I found out wouldn't work. I tried for pyrotechnics and fireworks. Uh, let everybody know uh, that wool was fire retardant. Unfortunately, the rugs are not. So it's just going to be me speaking, uh, and I hope that that's fun. I pretty much don't need to do my first slide. Um, growing the next generation of wool in sport. I'm excited to be here. Um, for those of you, is Martin Moses here? Martin, I love this guy. Martin said he was, he's, was being PowerPointed to death. Um, I usually forget that my PowerPoint is on. Um, if you're watching the PowerPoint and not looking at me, I'm screwing up, so feel free to get involved, um, hoot, holler, do whatever you need to do. This should be exciting. Um, I'm excited to be here. You know, this isn't around the corner for us, but we are connected. And so what is this whole talk going to be about? There you go. The next generation of wool in sport. Now, you don't know how hard it is to get a sheep to stand still for that. Um, or maybe you do and I don't. And so... 
thank God for the, uh, the next generation of social media and PowerPoint. Um, this is not what we're talking about, although it is a great representation of where we need to be. Our worlds are joined. Performance, sport, and innovation, and merino innovation are going to go hand in hand. We're craftsmen. And craftsmen work together in a constant relationship between problems and solutions. We've all got a great solution in wool. But what we need to do is make sure that that solution works for a new generation. So we're going to go to a dark place. Now, I met with a guy from Pixar who's like the ultimate storyteller. You know, they, they tell you how to make people cry in those cartoons, right? I'm not saying everybody's going to cry today. Um, but it is a journey, and it's a journey we're going to take together. So I'm going to let you into the deep, dark places that are in here, because personal stories, we move together. But to do that, it takes trust. If we're going to have trust, you're going to have to give a little. I'm going to give a little. You guys ready for that? Yes, up front, we have one. That is awesome. All right, we have a really positive group. OK, all you need to do to participate in an honest way is when something applies to you, I want you to put your hand up. Now, that doesn't have to be real high. You don't have to wave no lights or, or lighters yet. That's for the encore. But what I want you to do is really think about it, and, and we're going to do something. So this does take a little bit of sharing. Now, I know there are women in the room, so only lie a little, please. Um, so if you're above 50 years old, raise your hand. All right. One, two, three. Got it. Uh, if you're above 40 years old, raise your hand. All right. If you're above 30 years old, raise your hand. OK, now if you're under 30 years old, raise your hand. OK, take a look around the room real quick. Aha. <laughs> now, another one for you. All right, that, that part's done. I think we got it. I'm going to guess right around 4% of the room. Um, I'm really good at math, and I cheated and did the math in advance. So four, about 4% 4 of the, of the Congress here is, is going to be that way. Um, if you're a man, raise your hand. Uh, a man, a guy, an hombre, a fella, a bloke. I think I got all of them. All right, if you're a woman, please raise your hand. Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm married, sorry. Um, uh, roughly, I would say, of the entire group, I'd say right about 18%, you know, like maybe 91 out of 473, um, just with quick math. That's actually a great representation. However, a little bit of a problem there. Um, women make up about 50% of the uh, world's population. So we've gotten there, right? You've admitted stuff about yourself. Um, we've realized that the world's population is 50% men, 50% women. We've also realized that there are people younger than 50 in the world. Uh, there's a few people younger than 30. Um, so we're going to have to talk to some people. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a little bit about myself, and I'm going to do it in picture form. Uh, do you guys know who that is? That's uh, the boy wonder. Um, Robin, uh, I don't like sure this necessarily at 41 years old. I still have an account in Michigan, and every time this guy sees me from Specialty Run, and I walk in the store, he's like, hey, the boy wonder. Um, and it kills me because I feel as though I have facial hair now, and the boy wonder isn't cool, and I felt Hey, why me? Well, the reason why was I was lucky enough early in my career to work for an amazing, amazing mentor. 
Stan Mavis, whether or not you guys know him, headed up Pearl Izumi in the US. Then he went on to work at Brooks Running. Then he worked at Segoy, the Wallaroo program. If anybody remembers that, he brought wool in there. He now heads up everything that isn't a bicycle at Giant. Now, if you know anything about that brand, Giant makes the majority of the bicycles that are in the world. What I hoped, and what this picture shows, is that eventually, I get to be Batman, right? That's, that's what you put in your time, and you get to become Batman. And that's what we all think. And I don't know how much time you have to put in. I was roughly thinking five to seven years would be a good amount of time, and then Bat Batman. Um, except I still walk in, and I'm still Boy Wonder, because Batman still exists. And then I realize it's very, it's very much like I'd have to kill my father, so then you end up in Star Wars. And I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be Yoda. You know, I didn't want to have to kill the first chair to be the head uh, violinist. Uh, plus, I can't play the violin, so that didn't seem like a good idea. But what I always hoped was if I did the work, and I put in the work, and I waited long enough, I would get where I needed to be. How many other people feel that way? Do the work, get there. Yeah, you want to know why? We're baby boomers and Gen X. Yeah. There's a couple Gen Ys in here. There are no, absolutely no, Gen Zs. They're after millennials. They are very different. They feel as though they earned their place at the table. How? Anybody want to guess? Good guess in the back. Being born. They felt like by being born, they have every right to, to be a part of everything they've done. They've done nothing to get there, and yet they, they feel like they deserve to get there. And so if you think about what we've done together, and I'm going to use we, because I'm going to talk Adidas and sport and, and the wool industry, because I think together we've done a lot of things. We've walked together. For those of you who are the shoe that's been a big deal, I got a pair. I don't know why you guys didn't. Um, no, none of the, these won't fit any of you. It's a very weird size. Um, we can't get them. That sellout was a really big deal. But if we hadn't solved a few problems together, we wouldn't have been able to do that. And I'm going to keep saying we, and if it bugs you, whether it's Adidas or the wool industry, I'll tell you what, pick the one you want. You go from there, and that's the one we'll use. So there are a couple things. Um, I did, it was part of a great research project. And that, this picture uh, on the far side is every Australian kid starting school. And apparently, from 1950 through 1999 and later, Every little kid was given a school jumper made out of the itch itchiest, most uncomfortable, worst wool known to man. Uh, and as a result, that's where wool got its reputation for being itchy. It wasn't beautiful, fine, 17 to 18 micron merino. I know my microns. Uh, it was coarse, coarse wool. And it was itchy, and it wasn't great. And it probably wasn't the thing any kid wanted to wear, because it meant they were going to school. We connected story and bad product and it was a bad time. What we've done since then is we've created beautiful merinos that are comfortable to wear. They're base layer products. That's amazing. You guys did that. Thank you for that. Wool isn't washable, right? Wool is washable. The team that worked on that innovation changed the whole game. Can't wash wool. We still hear it today. Imagine that for sports clothes. You can't wash it. Well, that's pretty much not going to work, right? So when washable wool comes out, suddenly it's, the sport is back. Wool in the heat, if you're following my feed on the, the app, I know Lexi is, thank you very much. She's, she's my biggest fan. Um, she's also one of the people that's a young professional. She's using social media, hint, hint, everybody. Get younger sooner now or hire Lexi. Um, 
See, synergy. She was born. She belongs here. Um, wool in the heat is one of the biggest ones. I still fight that battle today. I can't sell wool in Latin America because they believe it's hot. Now, why is it in sub-Saharan Africa they wear wool to stay cool? Because they never heard the wrong story. The story's always been right with them. Esquire this month, you know, I was great the other day. Hey, we're all in suits. Is that the wrong thing to be wearing? No, we look good. Like, if this is the best dressed industry out there, so be it. But if wool doesn't work for sport, we lose a lot of what's happening. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But Esquire, actually, the quote, when you read into it, says, it kept us warm when we started out and cool the rest of the way. Nobody paid for it. It was an icebreaker top. Now, think about it. Icebreaker gets a lot of talk about being great. You know, they're really knocking down barriers. What's the name of the brand? Icebreaker? That doesn't really sound like it works in the summer. That sounds like it's a winter product. How we tell stories matters. And as we build the next generation, we have to break down the old way of talking about it. Wool is, by far, the best performance fiber, full stop. Why add for winter, for summer? Don't add either. Okay, so together we did that. And globalizing. The last summit we were in, you know, China, everyone was there together. Um, I think this is translated somewhere into Chinese. I won't bore everyone with my six words of, of Mandarin, but if anybody needs a beer or to say thank you, uh, find me later. Um, we're there, and then you know, India. India is next. Is it? I'd ask the question, you know, are we globalizing? If we're truly global, everywhere is next. I thought it was great to hear, hey, what are we doing in Africa to talk about wool? Well, that's a, that's a great idea. Now, if you look at these circles later on, for those of you who uh, want to play with the PowerPoint, these will be little icons on each thing that the Gen Ys and Gen Zs are talking about and how you can follow it. I'm not going to go into each one because, I, as I said, I don't really know what's on. The next problems. I wish it were all solutions, folks. Um, this is the opportunity for solutions, also known as problems. The next set of problems are not going to be known in this room. More importantly, we're not going to get 40 years to solve them. If wool is to be the fiber of sport, then the solutions have to come now. Because the people who we're solving the problems for think they're owed the solution to the problems because they were born. Yeah, there you go. I got some people up front playing along now. They were born. That's why they think wool should work for everything they should do. That's why they think everything should go great. I know you've talked about it a lot. I could not, oh, I learned an interesting phrase about knowing something about sheep the other day and knowing about which end is the business end and which end is not, which I was told I probably shouldn't use on, on stage, but at the same time, one side is not a good side to stand on. That's a uh, little bit what I know about sheep. Um, I also know wool comes from them, and the males are called ramps, um, and a bit more. But you guys are the experts in that. But if you're the experts in it, what does that mean? What is solving the problem? Solving the problem isn't waiting for someone to come to you and say, what's animal welfare? We just listened to a lot of what animal welfare is. We just heard someone who spent his whole life making sure he has happy sheep. Are you talking about happy sheep? Or are you defending yourself against some other organization that wants to say something? The modern, the, the Gen Ys and Gen Zs aren't waiting for a problem. They want to know and be part of the solution. Environmental concerns. You know, at Adidas, every time I try to talk about wool, 
We get everybody excited. We're about to get it for the Olympics. And then one of these other questions comes up. Well, I heard desertification is a big, is a big thing right now, and we're worried about it. Or you know, at what rate you know, are they producing more carbon dioxide or monoxide? Or how much do they poop? And I'm just, you know, it's, I'm not going to be the person to answer that. I'm going to answer, does the shirt make you feel more comfortable and have a better run? And the other problem, this is the key problem. You want the big win? We want to solve something together in sport or in fashion or any of it. When and why to wear wool? That's what we have to solve together. Because the great thing about coming in and showing up and being owed it because you were born is you don't know much. Right? You are experts. You are craftsmen. Uh, if you go back to that first quote from Aristotle, I just absolutely love it. It's that the craftsman is considered wiser because he knows the reasons for which things are done. You need artists. You need young. But you as the craftsman, you as the architects of this industry, you have to guide people. And together, we can do that. So if we're not going to solve these problems alone, we're going to have to do something that's going to make all of us feel uncomfortable. We're going to have to invite in people who didn't earn it by putting in time, by working hard. But they were born. And they've been born, so there's not much we can do. We can't go back and fix it. I apologize. Um, we should have thought it through or talked to their parents. But it's there. Um, so we're going to talk on a few slides about really what is Gen Y and Gen Z. Because if we don't know who we're talking to, and I thought some of the other speakers did a great job of talking about it. Georgiana, uh, Georgiana talking about uh, from Rabobank um, at a mile a minute. But did you hear? Every time she said, well, we're going to sell more beef, but the key to the beef is the story behind the beef, and boom, 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 and she's just banging it out. If you were really listening to her, every time she talked about the why. You in this room create the why. But it has to talk to someone. You have to share it with someone. So let's, let's spend some time talking about these people. You can eye roll and be bothered as much as you want. Those of you from Young Professionals, I'm sorry. Um, this will either paint you in a beautiful light sometimes, in a not so great light others. If you feel bad, I'm Gen X, like, which was the coolest generation. And then you know, some things happened, and then there was the internet. And anyway, so craftsmen today. And this is the part that stings me, because I really do feel like uh, I've worked hard to be a craftsman, is that craftsmen today are craftsmen because they were born. Yeah, this guy in the, over here was yelling it earlier. You can see his, he wants to be a part. OK, so Gen Y, age-wise, they're 18 to 34. By 2020, this is my favorite one, they'll control about 2.5 trillion, with a T, US dollars, boom, uh, of, of spending. That, that's a lot of money. Uh, if you could have it, you'd want it. Um, it's really an interesting uh, little cash amount. Uh, there'll be 75% of the workforce. So if we just won these guys, we'd be crushing, right? If each one of these 2 billion people bought a nice merino wool base layer, maybe a coat, a suit to go with it, I don't know, maybe a hat, a set of socks, we'd be set. Um, if they had three stripes on them, we'd be doing even better. Um, you know, let's, let's work together on it. Gen Zs are 17 and younger. In the US alone, that's 47 million. This, this slide is the one that's going to get those of you who are parents in the room. They control slash influence $600 billion in their parents' spending. Uh, that, that is also a lot of money. 
it's also an amount you would want. Together, these two, want to do the math together? 3.1 trillion. That's a lot of cash. That's also a lot of influence. You rarely, if ever, hear someone talking about, well, I want to dress like a lot more older and seem more sophisticated. Um, you know, it's, when a woman is dressed a little too young, she's trying too hard. But you never hear her say, well, she's trying to dress a little too old. And she's a little too mature. Um, Gen Ys and Gen Zs are very different from that. Okay, So they've got a lot of money to spend and how they're going to do it. So this is a slide. Now, another thing about the trust that we started out with, I trust that all of you can read. Um, so I'm not going to read the slides to you. Um, however, they're here. You, you're going to have them. This is a great slide to understand a really interesting difference in how we're going to talk to the young professionals in the room and how we're going to talk to the generation below them. Because that's a very different thing. There's a couple on here that I absolutely love. One is the idea that one shares stuff, the other makes stuff. Now, sharing is great. That's where, how we work informationally. But we have a generation of makers Think about that with what we do as craftsmen, with the fiber that you're talking about. If we give wool to this generation, if we teach them about the fiber, and we ask them to solve what's the next silhouette, what do we put on them? Another really important, uh, the slacktivist. Uh, that one I love, uh, slacktivist, uh, because it's not my generation. So I'm like, yeah, a bunch of slackers. Um, the other are active volunteers. So you got a fence to build. Don't ask Gen Ys, but if that fence is helping for happy sheep, what a great project and what a great way to invite another generation in. Call them. Hey, do you guys want to help us put up part of the fence? You're going to learn a skill, and you're going to protect sheep to be happier sheep, and then we're going to bring koala bears in. And who doesn't love koalas? Nobody. Um, though, remember, for those of you from Melbourne, it is illegal to hold a koala bear in New South Wales. Unfilled fact of trivia, number one. So, yeah, it's true. Trust me. It's a, also, lovely jails here. Lovely jails. Um, no koalas in them. Uh, so there's a couple of things. So what this, this generation, they're shaping a new identity every day. I'm Craig. I'm going to be Craig through what I do. Every once in a while, I change what I wear. I might change my hair. But my identity is pretty set. The idea of this younger generation is it isn't. They're, they want to be more than. Put them in a box, say, hey, oh, man, these guys are great. They're makers. No, I'm a maker and I'm a doer. They always want to add the one more, right? Because the last generation was something. They want to be more than. And they get to see from everybody all the time. So they're constantly shaping their new identity. Realism, realism and truth. Folks, read this one. This is If we as a team work together on this, we're going to stop talking about animal welfare, and we're going to talk, I loved it in the early one, we're going to talk about happy sheep. We're going to get together and we're going to talk about why wool is a great product, because the farmers care about the animals. We're going to take these kids to the farm and we're going to show them what that means. We're going to show them what the day looks like. I had a great discussion at dinner last night talking about how you know, sheep naturally move up to the high, high land at night, and then they go down, and then they sleep all day, and they don't really do anything. And I was like, Wow, that is just like Gen Y. They'll love them. And then Gen Z will come and help out. But they want the truth. They don't want you to say, 
no, everything's easy. Mule thing is a totally, it's, oh, it doesn't, the sheeps are fine. The sheeps, I said, by the way, the sheep are fine. Hey, yeah, you know what? It, it probably isn't the most fun. I wouldn't want to be mules myself, but I certainly wouldn't want to die of fly strike either because it's absolutely horrible. It's incredibly painful for the animal, and it's wrong as a person who keeps sheep to let it happen. You know what that is? That's truth. That's realism. And that's what they're asking for. You want to talk to the other guys? Blow, blow smoke and fairies, and you know, we put bows in all the sheep's hair, and they're super happy. It's crap. They don't want it. We can't do it in sport. This is going to make your run awesome. Doesn't work anymore. It's like, your run's not going to suck so much. You think, it, like, you're like, that's silly. No, that's honest. Like, it won't suck. You won't be wet. Your lungs will still be burning. Your legs will still be sore, but you'll look great. That's, that's realism. Where they get that is through a gut feeling, a connection of emotion. They want it to be real emotion. Lexi is posting about me again right now. She's like, Craig's awesome. Truth. Um, <laughs> I have a gut feeling that he's great. Um, you're right. Um, it's through human relationships, but human is so different. You would think human relationship is when I talk to my friend, I shake their hand, that's a human relation. Not to these guys. They feel actually emotionally connected to the imaginary picture that pops up on their phone. Those are their friends. Zuckerberg wasn't an idiot. Bad dresser, yes, but not an idiot. Okay? N never wears wool, always cotton. <laughs> Guy's not seeing it. Uh, but he, why did he pick friends? Because in a world that could be either geo-isolating or, or enveloping, he decided to create a network of family and using friends. So that gut feeling and emotion, that connects in a big way to this global generation. So if you're in a world where you think that sex, gender, race, religion, color, nationality matters, they don't. In fact, they love that their network is bigger, broader, and more diverse. Because they want to be more than accepting. They want to be connected. They want to be involved. They want to be able to walk into the room and talk to anyone and anything. And they, again, think about it. Why is it called a chat room? Because you're all there, right? But these guys, they want it to be real. And if you don't see the importance of, of that, of that ability to talk and see and feel. Win in Australia means just winning in Australia. Win in Australia with a global generation means they're going to spread their news to their people all over the world. You don't have to spend as much money. You have to spend the right money talking to the right people. It's cool to care. Um, I think my mom said this, so I don't know that uh, we give everybody else the credit. They didn't grow up in a world with perfection. They're growing up in a world where they see inequality and they want it changed. Why? Because they were born. They were born and they feel everybody who is born has that right. That's a really interesting thing. As much as we, I loathe the, hey, we should be able to do it because we were born, it's also really great because everyone should have that right because they were born. And that's a really, really powerful aspect to this generation. Here's another one. By the way, if you want to take a picture of a slide, here's a big one again. 
feel as though they spend free time learning a skill. So, you know how to shear a sheep? No. They'd want to know. Do you know how to weave? Do you know, that, do you know how to sew? Do you know how to create? They want their makers. They want to be a part of this. So, do you have a really cool production center? Do you have an awesome mill? Are you spinning yarns in new ways? Call them. Show them how. Invite students to be there. Because you know what they're going to do? They're going to film the whole thing. They're going to put it up online. And they're going to show all of their friends and this whole network of people that, hey, this is really cool. Recruiting video cost you two hours of your time. Because they were already there. You're already doing it. And remember, they don't want a special show, right? They don't want real. They want to get in there. They want to put the header on. They want to. They want to wrestle the sheep. They want to do all of it because that's real. What an exciting aspect for us! If it's real, if it's skill building, hashtag free interns. Oh, hashtag is part of this Twitter thing. It's really cool. We'll we'll get to it. Peer to peer, as we talk about it. Um, as we looked at the, the, the app today, I got a great challenge from someone. It's like, hey, the app we're sharing with one another. So all of us of the 500 people that geek out about wool that are already in a room are going to share back and forth about all the cool stuff we're learning about wool. How many of us are then sharing that outside? Because that outside aspect is really where it happens. Um, all right, we're in Australia. Raise your hand if you know who Kayla Insanes is. No. Uh, uh, how many people follow Blonde Salad? Yes, this is a real thing. Not kidding. Uh, Chiara Ferengani. No? Those two ladies have a total of 10 million followers on Instagram. That's 10 million people who believe these women who were young, started a blog, started working out, started posting pictures online, are the person to listen to. And they believe them. Everything they say. The key influencer is a huge part of this, and it's a peer, and you it comes across. Why? Because it's not a commercial you paid for. It's a person that was invited into process, got to see it. From seeing it, they then pushed out to say, wow, this is real. This is exciting. This is something I want to be a part of. It's peer-to-peer. -peer. When you think about how you're spending money, the better spend is you want to, you want to fight PETA? I know I do, because we can't use half the things we want to use because you know a baby sea lion, um, which are very cute, um, a baby sea lion's feelings could be hurt if you were to use product A instead of product B. I work at a super sustainable company. We're so proud to be one of the top five most sustainable country, companies in the world three years in a row. We're super proud of it. But some of the things that are stopping us aren't real things, they're perceptions. So how do we work with peer influencers to get there? How can it be real people? Because the other one is, if she can do it, so can I. I can be super important. My voice can be heard. My creations are real. How does that affect sport? So sport has changed a lot for these guys. Sport used to be something we do. And if, if if you're at a conference like this, it's really hard to you know, stay fit, keep working out. It's like, well, I could have one more drink at the bar tonight, or I could go to bed now and get up early and go for a run or a walk. Most of us choose that run or walk, um, for sure. I can tell by the attendance in the morning sessions. Um, it's easy to cross that off your, your to-do list. 
the Gen Ys and Gen Zs see sport as a part of their life. It's a part of it. It, it accents their life. Being healthy is great. Now, working at Adidas, how amazing is that? We have the opportunity. Our brand ethos is sport has the power to change lives. And we believe it. And our CMO believes it. And our new CEO will believe it. And Adidas, our founder, believed it. Sport has the ability to change lives. And if you don't believe it, listen to everybody from Melbourne and Sydney get on about, well, this. I, was gonna, I looked up a bunch of who's the greatest Aussie rules football player of all time. And it all depends which of those two cities you hail from to be able to tell that story. And oh, we're here, and we're there, and your colors are pee and poop, and your colors are this. And you know, wallabies, wannabes, I don't know. But it turns into this huge argument, and it's all about sport. But ask yourself the same question about when you got up and went for a run, or you had an achievement, or you lifted, or you scored that first goal. That is about winning, and that's about changing your life. And that's what I'm really excited to do. And, I, and now, as you see it becoming a part of life, that means that you don't, you don't have to be great. You have to be doing. So there's this new word. This is the new word section of the presentation. Um, I don't take credit for any of these as a former English education person. Uh, I despise it. I just look at this and say, spelled wrong, spelled wrong, spelled wrong. Um, wealthness is the idea that a healthy lifestyle lived well is empowering. It is part of identity. Now, if you think about that, if that aspect, if living a healthy, active lifestyle is a way to look like you have status, you have to look like you're living that lifestyle. Wow, if only there were products that could do that. That'd be cool. Anyway, digress. Um, that, that's a really different perception. I'm not wasting time on sport, right? Do I go get the extra drink? These guys go get the extra drink. They have no problem with it. They wake up and they do the run anyway. And they do the run and they laugh about the fact that they were hungover. And they go through their phone and they look pic put pictures up. And they send pictures that say, hashtag hungover run, booyah, um, which are, <laughs> look it up. Um, unfortunately, Twitter has changed the world. But, it, but this is wealthness. Wealth. You're rich because of the experience of being active. And that's a powerful thing. And if only products could talk to that same thing, this is another term. Really hate this one. Comes up a lot. Athleisure. Yeah? Everybody heard that one before? Athleisure. I'm dressed athleisurely today. Um, the idea that really sportwear comes into the general thing. Now, I'm bugged that Mr. Zenya isn't here today because I was going to give him crap about making sweatpants to try to be like Adidas. Um, we, made a sweat, we made a sweatpant suit uh, with a blazer and running at one point. I was going to maybe sell him the idea or work on a collab or talk to him about it. But why is fashion pushing over? Because it's fashionable to be fit. Which fabric is going to work best for this? If you need a fabric that moves with you through your day, lets you work out and go to the bar after, maybe talk to a nice somebody, have a drink, and not smell like a dirty sheep, um, but maybe smell lovely and look great doing it, wool. If you think about the opportunity that exists with merino wool and athleisure, there's none better. A lot of people want to talk cotton sweatpants, you know, or sweatpants set to look like a, a suit. Yeah, that's great for eating ice cream on the couch. Really great. Uh, the, I think Ben and Jerry's in the dairy industry should be all over that side. We have performance. What if it works great? 
What if it's the absolute best travel gear instead of bad Lucy Couture sweatpants to be able to still look great, to look fit and active, but to also have the performance of use? And that's really what we're, we're trying to talk about with athleisure, but it talks about that wealthness. I'm showing what I do. This helps us build a sport collective. Sport collective is the idea that, because they were born, uh, they deserve the right to look however, however they want to look, talk how they want to talk, but it's their team. Am I concerned? A lot of people ask me that all the time. This new generation is going to make their own stuff. Uh, they're going to create their own brand. Are, am I scared? No, because they don't have factories. Uh, they, don't, they don't have uh, great sewing. They don't have mills. They don't have the infrastructure that we need. They need us. We need them. So instead of being scared in a sports collective, we invite them in. We invite them to be partners. Co-creation. Now, uh, part of my title, that super long title that trips everybody up, is uh, customization. Customization is co-creation. It's asking the consumer what they want and building from there. The image you see up there right now is the Ultra Boost, not in wool, because only a few of us got a pair of those. Um, but that is uh, the Ultra Boost in black on black with black. The black is shoe polish that an artist wanted his shoe to be completely black. We didn't offer the innovation in completely black because it didn't work. But he wanted it. He put it online. He painted it. It was really exciting. In the year ahead, we're going to launch Boost Triple Black because, an, because a kid online posted this idea. The cage that's on the Boost. Some people didn't like the cage, so they sliced it off. They put pictures online and said, man, wouldn't it be cool if the Ultra Boost looked like this? Two months ago, we rolled out the Ultra Boost Uncaged. Why? Because these kids that are co-creating saw a need in the marketplace. They were closer to that need in the marketplace. We could have been scared and go, gosh darn it, trademark infringement, you can't do that. You could, but what does it do? It doesn't open anything out. By inviting people in, we open up the possibilities that exist beyond. So, looping back in, because I never checked my watch, so I think I'm doing great for time, but I'm probably three minutes over, maybe seven. Um, uh, really good with math, I told you. Uh, this is what, where we started out. We all want to be Batman. And I, I bow down to each of you. In this room, we have Batman, we have Yoda, we've got Yo-Yo Ma, we've got the ultimate in senseis. We all wanted to be that. You are that. But the thing is, that's not the goal anymore. If you're the lone gunman, if you are the, the maestro, if you are the hero, you're alone. And you're trying to save the whole world. The next generation in sport and in wool requires that you invite people in. Instead of being the lone superhero, you got to be the Justice League. You have to invite in Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern. I don't know that you have to invite an Aquaman. Personally, I feel like. Give or take, he talks to fish. It's not really a superpower. Um, you have to be not the maestro. You have to be the maestro that asks and builds the orchestra. It's tough. 
because not only do you have to build that orchestra, you have to realize that you're building an orchestra in a different way. No longer if we're gonna win in sport and wool and in performance, can we be the maestro? Can we be the lead vocalist? The orchestra, the opera of the new world in performance is not that way. It's not the prima ballerina at the front. It is not the lead vocalist. It's not the first chair. It's a chorus. It's a chorus of voices that each want to be heard. They want to belong, and they want to be a part of what they're doing. So some challenges. If we want to win together, teach this generation the truth. How does it drive life on the farm? Invite them to the farm. Show them. Instead of a presentation, put them on a bus, drive them out there, show it what it is. Invite them to the mill. Show them what it means to spin, to create a topper, to shear. What if we offer our services, our capital, to help them create the sport collective? What's the next t-shirt look like? Work with social influencers to create the next uniform. There is a uniform. We're all wearing it. It's a great suit here. It was awesome to hear someone say yesterday, hey, should I, should I go up and change? Like your wife telling you to go up and change because you dress with your own personal style. I don't deal with that much. Uh, I might do it in the other way, but I, I, I dress how I want to dress. But what he came, what, what the reaction was, you're not, wear, you're not involved, you're not part of it. What is the wool uniform in India? How do we get every Indian person to wear wool? How do we crack Latin America? What should they be wearing? We're not going to solve that. But there's a great person there that is. What's the problem we're trying to solve? We're craftsmen, right? Work with those social influencers. Invite them to be a part of what we do. Not only invite them, but they invite them right now because they were born. Invite them right now because they matter. And use all of the work that we've done as the foundation upon which we move forward. It's not just about singing and being heard. You're going to have to hand over the stick and let them drive the show. It's not just about hearing them. It's about singing along. And together, we can create the next generation of wool and sport that inspire performance and bring everyone together. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this presentation and as I said, if you are up for more of these kind of presentations, you can go to soundcloud.com and search for Planet Wool and you will find a total of 28 different presentations and there are really amazing speakers there such as Paolo Zenia and other well-known people from the wool industry and the fashion industry. So I encourage you check out Planet Wool at soundcloud.com and you will not be disappointed. And of course a very special thanks to IWTO, the International Wool Textile Organization, for being up for the idea of Planet Wool taking over the Wool Academy podcast. Um, it's a really great organization and thanks for all the support. We hear each other next week when I'm back from the Congress. And until then, all the best. Bye for now. <laughs>